glory. Wow. God is good. Amen. Oh, when the prophetic gets moving, don't try to stop it. Amen. If you have your Bibles, open them up to Exodus chapter 34. Wow. This, this is a place, this church, this ministry is a place of impartation. I want you to know that. There, this is a place of impartation. Now, it doesn't mean I have to lay hands on you and prophesy. Just being in the presence of God. Amen? There is an impartation where he's going to call people out in the fivefold ministry and ministry gifts and everything. Amen? Man, what an exciting time to be alive. Amen? Exodus 34, 29 through 35. And it says these words, Now it was so when Moses came down from Mount Sinai, and the uh, two tablets of the testimony were in Moses' hands when he came down from the mountain, the Ten Commandments, that Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone while while, while he talked with him. So when Aaron and all the children of Israel saw Moses, behold, the skin of his face shone. And they were afraid to come near him. Then Moses called to them, and Aaron and all the rulers of the congregation returned to him. And Moses talked with them. Afterward, all the children of Israel came near. And he gave them uh, as commandments all that the Lord had spoken with him on Mount Sinai. And when Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a a veil on his face. But whenever Moses went in before the Lord... To speak with him, he would take the veil off until he came out. And he would come out and speak to the children of Israel whatever he had been commanded. And whenever the children of Israel saw the face of Moses, that the skin of Moses' face shone, he was shining. Then Moses would put the veil on his face again until he went in to speak with him. What an encounter! Amen. Listen, as I was seeking the Lord in prayer this week, there were, there were a few days during this week where I was walking around the sanctuary and praying for two hours in tongues. Not one English word coming out. Now, you know why the enemy's fighting so hard. Amen? Because we're getting ready to break through. Amen? But I, I was being stirred up. Uh, it was being stirred up in me to see an encounter of the glory of God and to have a glorious... Uh, to, to spend time in his glorious manifest presence. I feel all messed up here today. Amen. Can you tell? Wow. Hallelujah. His presence is amazing in here. Amen. Hallelujah. But I would walk around and like Moses, I would cry out, Lord, show me your glory. Have you ever had that? Have you ever said that to the Lord? Lord, show me your glory. You know, in the Old Testament, you will notice references to the presence, the manifest presence or the glory of God as a cloud. God led Moses and the Israelites in the wilderness by a cloud by day that was over top, right? When the cloud moved, they moved. Amen. I have a whole message on that. Amen. But so there was a cloud by day and fire by night. Uh, other references in the Old Testament refer to God's, the cloud of God's presence filling the tabernacle and filling the temple. Um, 
Now, one of the words, let's talk about what is the glory of God. Let's define this so you know, right? We, a lot of times in Christianity, we throw out terms and it's kind of like Christianese, right? Like, oh, okay, well, whatever. It's just kind of cliche. Oh, no. One of the words that's translated glory is Shekinah. Say Shekinah. Shekinah means a visible manifestation of God's presence on earth whose presence is portrayed through a natural occurrence such as a cloud or a fire, something that we can relate to. Are you following me? Shekinah also means a dwelling or a settling. Now, we know God's presence, he's omnipresent. What does that mean? He's present everywhere, right? You make your bed in hell, he's there, right? But his presence does not manifest everywhere. That's what it's talking about. The definition is a dwelling or a settling in in a certain location. Now, the other word for glory is kavad. Say kavad. Kavad means the majesty or the weightiness or the heaviness of his presence. All right? So, some time ago when I was praying, this was a while back, when I was praying and, and asking God, God, show me your glory. Show me your glory. I want more encounters. I was starting to get stirred up, you know, like, like I'm really getting sick of this natural realm stuff, right? You know, the natural realm's just not cutting it for me. It's not satisfying me. I want some spiritual experiences of your glory. I read it all the time here, Lord, in the word. And I love reading the encounters, don't you? But do you desire these encounters in your own life? This is, this is what I'm, I'm trying to move living waters and those watching online around the world. This is what we need to move into. That it's not just about reading it. God's saying, these things are in here to stir you up to encounter him. Amen? So I would say, you know, Lord, show me your glory. And one time he spoke back to me. He spoke this to me. He said, what are you going to do with it? When God asks a question, it doesn't mean he doesn't know the answer. Are you following me? When God asks a question, when the Holy Spirit asks a question to you, he's trying to get you and I to search our heart. Okay? So when he spoke that to me, it kind of blew, threw me for a loop, blew me away. So I went and sat down. And finally, these words came out of my spirit, man. It's like, it's like it bubbled up in my spirit, and it bubbled up, and I spoke these words. Reflect His glory. What are you going to do with my glory? I want to reflect His glory everywhere I go. The message, uh, the title of my message today is this, Reflectors of His Glory. Now, Moses had such powerful encounters in the manifest presence or the glory of God. Now, keep in mind, I use the the terms, uh, the phrase manifest presence of God and glory interchangeably. So if I say manifest presence of God, I'm also talking about the glory. If I say glory, I'm talking about the manifest presence. Are we good with that? All right, but... It literally, when Moses had that encounter, I know what some of you are saying. Some of you are saying, that's Old Testament. Oh, no. God is still manifesting his glory today. Are you following me? See, this is the problem. We have some in the body of Christ, what are they called, cessationalists? 
or whatever. It means that God stopped doing all these things. He stopped. Oh, God didn't stop anything. He is the I am. He is still doing these things. Amen? But when Moses went into the presence of God and into the glory, his skin literally glowed. He was impacted physically by the glory of God. And let me tell you something. When I pastored in Big Rapids, Michigan, I have seen uh, that glow on people. The one night we were having a prayer meeting, the lights were dim. And this was after a supernatural experience I had, which I'll mention again later. But, but this individual, this older gentleman, he was a prayer warrior in the church. And we were walking around praying. And all of a sudden, I seen him lean against the sound booth like this. And it was dark in there. Like dim, and I seen a blue glow outlining his body. I'm no, no, this is not just a light trick. This was a do you know the blue I'm talking about that's like on a torch or a flame? It's blue, it was blue about this much off of him, and I knew there was a spiritual encounter happening in that place. But I've seen people's face glow after receiving deliverance, getting prayed for, being in the presence of God in a service. Some of you are glowing today right now. In fact, I see a glow right now. Amen. But we as Christians are to be reflectors of his glory on this earth. We are to have such a heart to press in and seek him that it absolutely changes us. Amen. So the Word of God says that we are changed from glory to glory. Say glory to glory. That means every time, number one, that means we should be encountering His manifest presence and glory in our lives, not just in a church service. What about our personal life? What about at home? Have you ever just go into your, into your bedroom, close the door, and you just start praising God and praying and seeking Him like never before? Trust me, there, there needs to be a point where you break through. You will break through. You will break through. It might take a while because the flesh is pretty stubborn. Are you hearing me? But you will break through. I can promise you that. But we are to be changed. So every time we encounter his presence, when you're in a service like today, when you're encountering his presence, it says we are changed from glory. In other words, from one encounter of his presence to the next one, there is a change. You're going to leave here different than how you came in. You know that? Because his presence is in this place. Amen? Now, I have a Christian shirt at home that says these words. It has a moon, a glowing moon on the front. And it says these words, be the moon, reflect the sun. Be the moon. Now you can see where I got my title of my message. Amen. You see the moon, for those who don't know, the moon, when it's shining bright at night, that light is not in itself. The moon does not have light in itself. You know what it's doing? It's reflecting the sun's light on the other side of the world. The moon does not have light in itself. So if you, you know, if you look into a mirror and, and you see a bright light, right? Like if you're driving along and some, some jerk has his brights on behind you. Come on, somebody. Yeah, come on. Amen. And, you, you know, you're, you can see in the rearview mirror there, you can see his lights reflecting and it's blinding you, right? You don't say, you don't say this. You don't say, man, that mirror is bright. What do you say? Wow, that reflection is bright. Come on, somebody. All the light you and I have as Christians 
is from God and it does not originate in us. We need to turn our focus from ourselves and focus on the Lord because anything good in us is from Him. And that's why we reflect Him. Amen? We're like the moon. We don't have light in ourselves. If it wasn't for God, we're miserable. We're wretched. Amen? Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Isn't it cool how God can take a natural truth and and turn it into a spiritual lesson? Be the moon, reflect the sun. S-O-N. Amen? Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 5 through 7. Look at this. This drives home that point even more. It says, For we do not preach ourselves, but but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your bondservants for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Now, the excellency of that power is of God and not of us. But we have this treasure in earthly vessels. See, that's why pride is so dangerous. Because it's all God flowing through us. And pride lifts man up above God. Pride starts when you start someone who starts operating in a gift of of the Spirit or getting real powerful in ministry, who starts to say, look at me, look what I'm doing. And and you want to say, if God just lifted that anointing like that, you would be nothing. You would be nothing. Amen? We are nothing without Him. So when you get the revelation that anything good, that anything powerful in you is not you, but of the Holy Spirit, number one, it's going to humble you. Having a revelation of that should bring humility to all of us. Amen? And we as Christians... We take hold of this truth. We are walking in humility and meekness. Say humility and meekness. And that allows us to rely on His power. Listen, you can't, you can't walk in faith unless you see yourself as the moon reflecting the sun. Come on. Oh, this, I'm telling you, this is a key. If you want to walk in the power and anointing of God, I'm not just talking in a church service amongst Christians. I'm talking about at your workplace. I'm talking about in this evil and dark world. Amen? You got to know where your power comes from. So you truly understand it's Him. All right? Now we must yield to Him, we must cooperate with Him. Go to 1 Corinthians 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. I want to show you something here. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 6 through 9. I want to show you here. Wow, that song, There's Fire in the House. I'm feeling it right now. (laughs) Woo! I love it. I love it. Hallelujah. Okay, 1 Corinthians 3, 6 through 9. It says, I planted... Apollos watered, but God gave the increase, so that neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Now, he who plants and he who waters are one, 
and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are fellow, uh, we are God's fellow workers. You are God's f- field. You are God's building. I want you to notice that we are to plant and water the seed, right? If we don't plant the seed of God's word in people's heart, if we don't come along and water the seed, God has nothing to increase, right? But I want you to notice something that it puts the emphasis on God giving the increase. And there's a reason for that because God's saying, don't you dare fall into pride. Are you following me? And it says that we are God's building. It's him in us doing the powerful works. Some people say, man, I pray over people all the time and we don't see, I don't see any results. Maybe you're relying on your own power too much. This, I'm telling you, this is a, all my healing, healing team workers. You got to take hold of this. Because when you're laying hands on people, when you're praying, it's not up to you. It's up to Him. We are, you're, you are God's building. Where you go, you're carrying Him. Amen? It's His power. Hallelujah. Now, meekness, meekness means being teachable. Humility and meekness are twins. In fact, it says Moses was the most meek man on the face of the earth. Isn't that something? Moses, he was teachable. And what happened? He had some powerful encounters in the glory, didn't he not? So humility and meekness are twins. You can't have one without the other. If you're going to be teachable, yeah, that means you're you're humble too. Amen? All right? So those two things will cause us meekness, teachableness, and humility, being humble. I'm not saying call yourself a dirt bag and blah, blah, I'm the, I'm, I'm the scum of the earth. That's not what it means. What it means is start recognizing who God is in you and everything you have is from Him. Amen? And we do sit with Christ in heavenly places. All right? So all this talk that we're dirt bags, we're just the scum of the earth, all that is is false humility. Amen? It's just false humility. So those two things, meekness and humility, when they rise up in you, it will cause you to say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, I want you to notice something. When I read that, the Holy Spirit, he he said this. He said this. He said, the I must always be followed with through Christ. I can do all things through Christ. Many Christians just stop at, I can do all things. No, through Christ. Recognizing who he is. You are reflectors of his glory. Amen? We are conduits of his power on earth. Think about that. Do you understand that? We as Christians have the Holy Ghost living on the inside of us. We are conduits between heaven and earth for the power of God to flow. Don't get prideful in that. Understand where that power comes from. Amen? But he does want to lose his power. Amen? So having that revelation that it's in him will cause us to walk on water when the storms of life try to hit us. Anybody walk through a storm lately? Anybody feel like you've been in a flood? Amen? Trust him in the midst of it. He's in you. Amen? When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. Amen? Allow the Lord to lift up that standard against him. It will cause us to rise up and declare that our faith will not stand in the... It's right on this this sign right out here. Our faith will not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Amen? 
You know what that verse tells me? It tells me this, that men's wisdom is in disagreement with the power of God. Oh, my, my, my. Let's drop that again. The wisdom of men, fleshly thinking, is in disagreement with the power of God and will sever the power of God in your life. Think about that. So the next time you see someone doing something radical in faith, they're just trusting in the power of God over the wisdom of men. Amen? So we don't want to short-circuit the power of God. Amen? Go with me to Exodus 33. Exodus 33. Hallelujah. Talking about being reflectors of His glory today. Exodus 33. Verses 7 through 11, I want to take a look at to start with here. Man, I love reading the accounts where Moses experienced the glory and the power of God. Amen. Hallelujah. God is no respecter of persons, by the way. Amen. All right. Exodus 33, 7 through 11. Moses took his tent and pitched it outside of the camp, far from the camp and called it the tabernacle of meeting. And it came to pass that everyone who sought the Lord went out of the tabernacle to, to a tabernacle of meeting, which was outside of the camp. So it was, whenever Moses went out to the tabernacle, that all the people rose, and each man stood at the tent door and watched Moses until he had gone into the tabernacle. <coughs> Verse 9. And it came to pass... That when Moses entered the tabernacle, that the pillar of cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle, and the Lord talked with Moses. All the people saw the pillar of the cloud standing at the tabernacle door, and all the people rose and worshipped, each man in his tent door. Verse 11. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face. Isn't that amazing? As a man speaks to his friend. And he said, and he and he would return to the camp, but his servant Joshua, son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. I want you to notice number one out of this is that Moses, it says, pitched the tent of the tabernacle of meeting outside of the camp. Say outside of the camp. He set it out there because the camp was desecrated with the molded calf, the idol that the children of Israel made. Are you following me here? So if you, here's the point. If you want to experience the manifest presence and the glory of God in your life, you need to get outside of the camp. Come on. You have to get outside of the camp. You have to get away from the world system, away from distractions, remove every idol in your life so you can truly focus on Him. And listen, God will not share His glory with another. Amen? That's why the Bible says there are accursed things. Literally, in the book of Joshua, there were accursed things that some children of Israel put some things in their bag and they were cursed. And it kept God from moving among the children of Israel. Are you following me? So, we, I just find it very interesting. When I read this, the Lord showed me very clearly that His glory was revealed. They had the encounter of the glory outside of the camp, away from the multitudes. Are you following me? So, 
Moses did not experience the encounter or the glory of God face to uh, He did not encounter it until he went through the door of the tabernacle. Say, he went through the door. In the Holy Spirit, when I was writing this, the Holy Spirit gave me this verse. He said, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. Moses could have walked over by the tabernacle and said, okay, God, go ahead. No, no, no. He had to walk through the door to experience. Amen? Moses experienced the glory of God, and he talked to God face to face like a friend. Is that amazing? Well, we have that same opportunity with the Holy Ghost. Amen? But here's another point in this account that just just slapped me in the face. The multitude saw it. The multitude saw the glory, but they did not experience it for themselves. The people briefly came out, it says, to worship God. When they, when they seen the glory, they came out of their tents to worship. And then it says this, they went back to their own tents to carry on, basically, with what they were doing in their life. But I want you to notice this. That it says that Joshua, even when Moses left the tabernacle, it says that Joshua would not depart from it. Oh, come on, somebody. Joshua had that hunger. He was hungry. He was desiring more of God. Where's this? We need a Joshua generation to rise up. Amen? He wanted more. He, listen, spiritual hunger is powerful. Spiritual hunger is powerful. If you're ever going to experience, have powerful spiritual encounters with the glory of God in the realm of the Spirit, you need to be spiritually hungry. Now, here's the problem. You cannot be full of the world. Oh, my, my, my. You cannot, if you've got to be spiritually hungry, God, like I said, God, He will not move unless you kick over those idols in your life. Amen? Maybe there's someone in here. Things just have not been going right. You know what? Take, take a little bit just to examine your heart. Are there any idols in my life that I need to kick over? Is there anything I'm putting before God? Amen? So, and as you know, so Joshua, when Moses left, Joshua said, uh-uh, I'm going to sit right here because I want to experience God for myself. All right? But as you know, Joshua went on to be the leader to replace Moses. Are you following me? He went on to replace Moses. And he's the one who led the children of Israel into the promised land. Listen, we need a Joshua generation to rise up. Amen? When, listen, when everybody else stops worshiping God and goes back into their worldly tents, they go back and hug their spiritual idols. They go back to the meaningless activities in their life. If you want to walk in the power of God, if you want to experience His presence and glory like never before, you have to hang out at the tabernacle. You've got to create a tabernacle. You got to create it. You got to make your home a tabernacle. Wherever you're at, when you're driving along in your car, make it your tabernacle. Where are you? Listen, you need to change the atmosphere. Don't let the atmosphere change you. Amen? You get into the Word of God. You seek Him. You, you start praising and worshiping Him. I'm telling you, at first, when you start praising and worshiping Him, and if you're not used to it, I'm going to tell you something right now. It's pretty boring. I'm being real. It's boring. Especially if you're full of the world. Right? 
especially if you're full of the world, when you just start, you know, God, thank you so much, blah, blah, blah. And, but let me tell you something. It's like di- uh, digging for oil. It's a drilling. It's like drilling for oil. It's drilling into the wells of salvation, as the Word of God talks about. And I'm telling you right now, it might be boring starting out, but if you will press in, say press in. I'm telling you, this is what we call it. Ready? Ready? This is what we call it. You'll hit the gusher. You will hit the gusher. The experience I had in Big Rapids in 2007, I'm telling you right now. Do you know, you know how many nights it took for me and, and just a few people who pressed in in prayer in the sanctuary? Do you know how many nights from we started at 7 p.m.? We would stay till 2 or 3 in the morning pressing in. Just praying in tongues, praising and worshiping God. Constant. You know how many days it took? How Days of that long? Ten days of doing that before we hit the gusher. Oh, my goodness. Listen, I'll, I'm going to talk more about that at a later time. I want to do some meetings called Deeper Waters. Say Deeper Waters. Yeah, these, these meetings, they're going to be Deeper Waters. All right? We're going to go into deeper things. But if you want to read the testimony, go to my personal ministry web- website, jamesbrandt.org. It's right on the homepage. This experience changed my life. But it took 10 days. What if I would have stopped? What if I would have stopped on the ninth and said, wow, this just isn't going to happen? I would have forsook that spiritual experience. I'm telling you, we need to press in until we hit that gusher. But here's the point. Listen, I am sorry to say it, but most Christians are too lazy to do it. That's why I said, if you will honestly have a heart to press into God, you will break through into that gusher, into the glory like never before. Now, moving on with this account. So Moses, he was starting to get fearful. He was starting to get weary of leading the children of Israel. All right. He wanted some help. So go to uh, Exodus 33 verses 14 through 18 here. Whew. We got to press in. We got to press in if we're going to get the gusher of the glory. Amen. And that's what this church, we are pressing in. Trust me. I, mean, we're, I can feel it. There's a difference. Amen. Anybody who has any kind of spiritual discernment, you can feel it too. Amen. All right. Here we go. 14 through 18. I want to take a look at. And it says these words. And he said, this is God speaking. Remember, so Moses was fearful and weary and he needed help. He's like, God, I need help here. God said, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Then he said to him, If your presence does not go with us, do not bring us from here. Do not bring us up from here. For how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight, except you go with us? So we shall be separate, your people and I, from all the people who are upon the face of the earth. So the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing for you that you have spoken, for you have found grace in my sight, and I know you by name. Now, here's what I want to, let's get in, say deeper. We're going to go deeper. Here we go. When the glory of God is manifesting in your life, okay, when you're in, in his glory, when you're in like a service where his glory is, okay, 
it will give you rest. It will give you supernatural peace. Have you ever you ever come into a church service anywhere, not just here, but you know, you were really tormented, you had a lot on your mind, but you came in, the presence of God was there, and there and you just felt a peace like never before. You ever had that? That's because of his presence in that place. He said this the giving of rest. He said, My presence that he will give him rest. The giving of rest, listen to this, in that passage means this. That his manifest presence or glory will soothe you, will comfort you, will settle you, will console you, and will quiet you. My goodness. His glory, his presence will do all those things. So why? So now you know why, why Pastor James always says, I need to protect the presence of God in our gatherings. If his presence is in here, I'm like Moses. Let's go home. Let's just go to the oven. Have some soup and salad bar. Why are we wasting our time without his presence in this place? That's why we need his presence. I'm like Moses. Amen? I mean, I'm not Moses. I'm saying I, cry, I, 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 I share his view is what I'm saying. But this is why many times, like I said, people who are in torment can come into a place and all of a sudden, man, they feel the presence of God, and they just start to comfort, soothe, settle, get consoled, and get quieted on the inside. Wherever the glory of God manifests, listen, there's always angels and spiritual living creatures gathering in that location to minister to people. Did you know that? Wherever God's manifest presence and glory is, there are angels that want to hang out in that presence. I don't know about you, but I need all the help I can get. Angels, you are welcome into this place. You're welcome into my life. You're welcome into this ministry and church. Amen? Go with me to Ezekiel chapter 10. There's something I want to pull out here the Lord showed me. So keep in mind, wherever the glory of God manifests, the manifest presence of God, there are always angels. And now... Specifically, an account I'm going to read to you is the cherubim. The cherubim love being around the glory of God. Wherever the glory goes, the cherubim are there. Look at this, Ezekiel 10, 3 through 5. Say deeper. Well, Pastor James, I've never heard a message like this. Good. Enjoy the ride. Here we go. Ezekiel 10, 3 through 5. I like the supernatural. I do. I love the supernatural. I want to take us all deeper into the supernatural. Amen? Look at this. Now the cherubim were standing on the south side of the temple when the man went in. And the cloud filled the inner court. That's the glory. That's the manifest presence of God. Then the glory of the Lord went up from the cherub and paused over the threshold of the temple. And the house was filled with a cloud. And the court was full of the brightness of the Lord's glory. And the sound of the wings of the cherubim was heard even in the outer court, like the voice of Almighty God when He speaks. So, as you can see here, oh, actually, um, let me read two more verses. Go to uh, 18 and 19 now. Ezekiel 10, 18 and 19. These, uh, these verses about the glory and about the angel connection, absolutely powerful. It says, Then the glory of the Lord departed 
from the threshold of the temple and stood over the cherubim. And the cherubim lifted their wings and mounted up from the earth in my sight. When they went out, the wheels were beside them. It's talking about living creatures. There, there's so many different beings in the spirit realm in the kingdom of God, okay? And they stood at the door of the east gate of the Lord's house, and the glory of, the, of God of Israel was above them. Now, as you can see here, the cherubim are very active wherever the glory of God is manifested. Now, let me, can I throw something? Say, say pastor's going to go deeper. Okay. Let me just touch on this. The experience I had in 2007, May 3rd, 2007 in Big Rapids, when I went, I got to share a little bit, I guess. When I walked to the back of the sanctuary, it was a big stage curtain, huge, very thick. And it was moving like this. There was like five, five or six of us sitting on the stage. And I said, do you see that moving back there? And they're like, yeah. There was no fans, no air conditioning. Something was going on. So I got up to walk halfway down. I fell to the ground. I felt the weightiness of God's presence. His presence got so thick. And when I continued to walk back, I kid you not, I would take a lie detector test. I will bet my house. I'll bet everything on this. And I'm telling you right now, I walked back there. right where the stage curtain was, it was moving in a wave and I heard fluttering of wings going back and forth on the whole and where the wings or this, it was the cherubim where they were fluttering. That was the way the, the curtain was waving. And then I turned around toward the pulpit and lightning flashes were going all over around the sanctuary. Angels were manifesting. I'm telling you right now, Don't just take my word for it. There's five or six other people who are in there who've seen the whole thing. We heard angels singing. We walked in the whole church. It felt like honey was being poured over every room we were walking in. It was the glory of God manifest. You want to know what happened? We broke through. We broke. That that was the 10th night. That's when it happened. We broke through. And I'm telling you right now, it happened May 3rd, 2007 at 12.03. If I would have said at midnight, eh, let's go home, guys, I would have missed out on that encounter. That encounter brought the Word of God to life. So when I read this passage about the, about the cherub's wings, the sound of the wings, I experienced it. Oh, no, I'm, I'm telling you. Again, I got other people who can confirm that whole experience. Amen? Pastor's not going crazy here, all right? It was the most amazing. Th- I, I Talk about your faith going from here skyrocketing, amen? And after that, after that, our services there were amazing. I, I remember they had praise and worship started, and I was walking into the sanctuary, and there was like a mist, a fog at the top, and people couldn't stop worshiping. It was like they were pressing in. They were like reaching up to God. It was, it was, it just, where the glory is, there's a flow, and everything comes easy. It was amazing. Uh, people would come into my office. There was a, a couple who were having marriage problems, and they came in, and you know they weren't the, the most spiritual individuals, but they came in, and, and they started crying sitting on my couch. And they said, I don't even know why I'm crying. I said, I know why. The presence and the glory of God is in this place. And that's why when you hear me really pressing and saying, come on, join us in prayer, let's press in, I want to get back to that place. 
I do not want that to be the only experience. I believe God has more, and I want Carol, I want Living Waters Chapel, I want all of you to experience it. Amen? So just know, that's, that's my mindset. That's my mindset. I, I'm not just here to punch a clock and do a sermon and, and then, you know, grab a paycheck. Oh, no, 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 no. I want the power of God. I want encounters in the glory. Amen? That's what I want. And I'm not going to stop pressing in for it. Amen? Hallelujah. So I want you to notice this, that Ezekiel's description of the glory included, it said in the cloud that his glory was bright. Say bright. It was the brightness of his glory. And that reminds me of the verse that says this, in God is no darkness at all. And his light dispels all darkness. I love that. Amen. When the glory of God manifests, it brings a powerful manifestation of the favor of God on your life. The grace of God. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> Man, that's why you need, I'm telling you, in your prayer life, when you're seeking the Lord. You know, I, I remember before that experience, I remember praying. It's, it's kind of weird because we as Christians, we pray, we read the word, we ask God for things. But we're kind of missing it. Because we're really supposed to seek his presence. Are you following me? This is no religious game here. We're supposed to seek his heart. When we seek his face, we, you see many Christians are trying to seek his hand. God, give me this. Give me that. No, 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 no. If you want his glory, seek his face. And, and here's what I found out. When you truly seek his face with a pure heart, guess what he does? He opens his hand. And that's why when the glory of God is over your life, there is a favor, a crazy favor. I guarantee you, church, as we press in and the presence and the glory of God gets stronger in this place, I guarantee you we're going to see favor in this region like never before. Even your enemies will give you favor. That's what we're heading into. Are you hearing me? That's why... When you're in your prayer life, when you're seeking the Lord, say, Lord, show me your glory. I dare you to pray that prayer in your life. I dare you to pray it. Lord, like Moses, Lord, show me your glory. I want to encounter you. I dare you to get to that place where you're saying, Lord, I love your word. Thank you for your word. But I don't want to just read about it. I want to experience it. You've got to come to the place where it's got to be a hunger for an experience. We serve a true and living God, not a dead God. Amen? Amen. He is the true and living God. And we need to experience His presence or else we're just wasting our time. Moses understood that. Lord, if your presence doesn't go, I'm not going either. Amen? So when the glory is present in your life and and you're spending time in His presence, it'll open up a favor in the unmerited favor and grace of God on your life like never before. The glory of God, like I said, makes everything seem to flow easier. It just does. Miracles, signs, and wonders just pop in your life like never before. Answered prayer. When you tap into an encounter and experience His glory, I guarantee you, after that experience, I prayed for things, and things were just happening like that. I'd pray for something, and I'm seeing answers. I'm telling you, it makes everything go easier. We're missing it, church, in this life. We're missing it. By not seeking his presence, his glory in our life. Amen? And reflect it. Reflect his glory. Hallelujah. So, 
I'm telling you, <laughs> there is a place when you get into that, that glory zone. I call it, oh, I like that. There's a book called Glory Zone. I love that. When you get into that glory zone, the, the, the resistance that you feel, it's, it's almost like God is, there's angels in front of you pushing away your enemies, and you're just on the Autobahn, <laughs> spiritually speaking. You're on the highway, baby. You're going 80, 90 mile an hour on that highway, and you, you're feeling like, man, there is no resistance here. But you've got to get into the glory zone. Say glory zone. Wow. So that is the effect of the glory and the presence of God on your life, that you're reflecting him. When the benefits of it start happening, guess what? You direct all your praise and glory to him. Some people have said after I had those angelic encounters, they're like, aren't you afraid you're going to worship angels? I'm like, not at all. When the glory, when it's the presence of God, I, when, if there is an angel that manifested, you know the first thing I did? I would look up like, God, you are awesome. It was never directed toward the angels or anything. It, it was always back to him. God, thank you. Thank you for opening my eyes to the spirit realm and what you're doing. It was always directed toward him. Amen? There's no glory going to the angels. I know their place. I know their place. They're co-laborers just like us. Amen? Amen? But listen, again, if you're ever going to experience the glory of God and have encounters with His presence, there must be a spiritual hunger for Him. And, and it says that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Do you want to know what that reward is? His presence. His presence. I'm telling you, I can't, I can't tell you enough. His presence is the reward. Some people are like, oh, what, is he going to give me a million dollars? He's going to give me a new home? He's going to give me a new car that I want? Forget all that stuff. It's fecal matter compared to his presence. Are you following me? It's rubbish. Like Paul said, all these things in the natural, forget about it. Let go of it right now. What you need is his presence. That's what you need. Amen? Hallelujah. You need to know and be aware that if you're a child of God, that his anointing lives on the inside of you. Amen? I find it interesting that it says that we are the light of the world. Say, I am the light of the world. But it said in that other verse that we are God's building. So guess what? You're carrying him on the inside of you. And that's why you're the light of this world. Amen? We are reflecting his light like the moon in the darkness. Now, Proverbs twenty twenty seven. Listen to this. This is a very interesting verse. Proverbs twenty twenty seven. here. Almost done. This, uh, it says, The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts or inner depths of his heart or of the belly, as King James says. All right? I want you to notice that we, our, our spirit man, the real you, you are a spirit. You do know that, right? You're a spirit. You have a soul, mind, will, and emotions, and you live in an earth suit. All right? But the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. I want you to notice that we are simply the candle. But we can't light it up ourselves. An unlit candle cannot light up itself. It takes an outside source. Amen? The Holy Ghost showed me something. He said this. He said, the only way to light a fire is to have resistance, a match. What do you do to light a match? You go the opposite way. 
Go the opposite way of the world, and you will light, light a fire that's going to light you up. It's going to. Are you following me? That's how you ignite a match. You got to go against the flow of the world to light that match. Amen. So. There needs to be a spark. There needs to be an outside source. It takes the presence and the fire of the Holy Ghost to ignite us. Amen? Now, quickly, uh, the last thing I want to bring up here, uh, John chapter 7. Go there. John seven thirty seven. I want to show you something about God's glory cloud in His presence. Amen? John 7. You getting anything out of this today? I'm telling you, I hope I light a fire by the Holy Ghost in you that, listen... What are you seeking? You know what every human being is trying to seek on the face of this earth and they don't even know it? The presence of God. Knowing Him. Amen? No, that's what you're looking for. That's what you're looking for. And backsliding is simply this. Taking your focus off of Him. That's all backsliding is. All right? John seven thirty seven, And it says these words. On the last day... The great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spake concerning the Spirit, or the Holy Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Listen to this. The glory cloud of God's presence in our lives, on the inside of us by the Holy Spirit, is constantly pouring out rain as we get into the Word of God, as we constantly pray, as we seek His face and be doers of the Word. That is why you and I can have rivers of living water flowing out of us. Amen? Now, the spiritual water can't be contained, uh, can't be contained when we stir ourselves up in the Lord. Uh, living water, by the way, means that it's moving water. That's all it means. It's moving. All right. So when, like the Dead Sea, okay, when when there's dead water, it means nothing's moving. All right. It means it's stagnant. It becomes dirty. It becomes polluted. But living water is flesh, uh, fresh. But listen to this: a rain cloud. Now, connect this with a spiritual aspect. A rain cloud is formed when moisture from the earth rises up into the atmosphere, forms a cloud, and that moisture keeps going until that cloud is so saturated that rain gets poured out. Amen? The reason we aren't seeing more Christians on fire for God and these living waters moving is found in verse 38. Jesus told us why. It says, He that believes on me, underline it, as the Scripture has said. There's people who believe in Jesus, but is it as the Scripture has said? Come on, somebody. They maybe got a lot of dead religion, right? But Jesus said, Believe on me as the Scripture has said. To believe uh, Jesus means that you believe the Word of God. According to John chapter 1, Jesus is the Word of God. Amen? Now, here's the deal. There's some Christians that don't believe that the Holy Spirit baptism is a second experience after being born again. All right? After the salvation experience. If If you want rivers of living water to flow out of you, believe the Word of God as it is written. Don't try to change it according to your own comfort zone according to your own personality jesus said rivers of living water will flow if you believe on me 
as the Scripture has said. In other words, if you're going to believe Him, means that you believe the whole Word of God. Amen? All right? So uh, Jesus said that you would make the Word of God of no effect in your life because of your traditions. Again, it's going back to the wisdom of men. The wisdom of men makes a great dam in a person's life. Amen? With the living waters. All right? That's all it does. Um, there's, there's some Christians who once stood for the foundation of God's word that are falling away from the basic beliefs taught in the word. Have you got, have you guys noticed anybody? There's Christians that, you know, at one time they were on fire and all this, and now they're, eh, they're just kind of falling away. They don't believe it anymore. Right? Oh, the gifts of the spirit. Yeah. those aren't really for today. Jesus said rivers of living water would flow. If you believe on him. As the scripture has said. Are you following me? So no wonder there are so many unsaved people on this earth. Because the example they've been getting from many believers. That wouldn't have drawn me in either. Amen. Forget about it. That sounds boring. Right? Oh you serve a God that doesn't move today? No, 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 no. He wants to manifest his glory and power in your life. Amen. So when you come to the place in your Christian walk. That those rivers of living water are pouring out. It is no more dead religion, but man, it's a life-changing adventure. Amen? And knowing that wherever you go, the presence of Almighty God is going with you. Too many Christians act like the children of Israel in the wilderness. They expect their pastor, they expect Moses to go up the mountain with them instead of them going up to experience it for themselves. Joshua wasn't satisfied with leftovers. He He wasn't satisfied just to watch Moses go higher. He wanted his own personal relationship and experience with God. Come on, I'm on final approach here, people. Where are the Joshua's? of this generation that are willing to go up the mountain and bask in the presence of God themselves? Where are the Joshua's of this generation that are not satisfied with riding on a pastor's faith strings but want to be partakers of the divine nature themselves? Amen? Where are the believers that are willing to humble themselves and come to their Heavenly Father like a little child? not caring what other people think about them. Church, it's time for us to press in. We need to press in for a powerful move of God and encounters in His glory that will change us, but it will be shockwaves to this community. It will be shockwaves across the world. Amen? We need to press in. So it's time to be reflectors of His glory. Let's stand up in this place. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, that was a smooth landing there. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, maybe there's someone in this place. You have never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Listen to me. Oh, my goodness. You don't know when you're going to take your last breath. You don't know at what age you're going to do that, okay? You just don't know how foolish it is. Not to make Jesus Lord of your life. If you're in this place, even if you're watching online right now, now's the day of salvation. If you want to make Jesus Lord and Savior of your life, I want you to come to this altar. And after the service, I want to pray with you to get a new birthday, the new birth experience. Amen. Maybe there's someone now. Now, chances are there's probably no one in here who's, eh, there might be someone who's not saved. But here's the bigger issue. Here's the bigger issue. Many people, you started off with Jesus as your first love, but then you've fallen away and you need to rededicate your life to the Lord, right? I guarantee you, that's the bigger number in here. 
If you want to rededicate your life to the Lord, listen, if you were to drop dead this very moment and you do not have confidence that you would be in the presence of God, you need to come up to this altar and let's rededicate your life to the Lord today. Now, maybe there's someone in here you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism. All right, this is not a living waters thing. This is a Bible thing, all right? Jesus said, you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. If you want prayer to receive the Holy Spirit baptism and we'll lead you through that prayer and lay hands on you, come forward. Just do it. Just do it, amen? Hallelujah. Now, maybe there's someone here you need prayer for healing or a family member. You need prayer for anything else. We'll stay around as long as you need, amen? All right, well, listen, by the way, We have, uh, oh, visitors, Uh, there's a visitor card right in front of you. Fill it out, leave it on the pew, we'll take care of that. But we do have some tracks in the back. I've been meaning to say this for a while. We have tracks in the back and, and, uh, you know, take a few. Take a few and, and hand them out to people. Minister to people, amen? And it's got the church's information on back because you just don't want to get people saved. You want to get them plugged into a church where they can be discipled, amen? Come on, hey. Listen, people, we need to continue to press in. So Tuesday night, prayer call. Wednesday night, prayer right here. And Sunday, we're going to keep digging for that breakthrough. Amen? Have a great week, everyone. We love you. Thanks so much for coming today.